Welcome to the Banega Swasth India podcast. Our focus is on creating a holistic and healthy India for each and every one. Our goal is luxurious sampurna swasthika, where citizens, individuals, society and governments work together to ensure health for all. Eight hundred and twenty-eight million people were affected by hunger in twenty twenty-one. That is an increase of forty-six million from twenty twenty and hundred and fifty million from twenty nineteen. Reports the state of food security and nutrition in the world, twenty twenty-two. Around two point three billion people in the world—that's twenty-nine point three percent—were moderately or severely food insecure in twenty twenty-one. With startling levels of food insecurity. How do we achieve the goal of leave no one behind, which was this year's theme for World Food Day? I'm Ambika Singh Kama, and today we have with us Shambi Sharp, United Nations Resident Coordinator in India, Dr. Ulak Demirag, Country Director and Representative, International Fund for Agricultural Development, Bishop Parajuli, United Nations World Food Program Representative. And country director to India and Food and Agriculture Organization, officer in charge, Konda Reddy Chawla. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Let me start with you, Mr. Sharp. How do we ensure that we leave no one behind? I mean, the theme this year is leaving no one behind, and that's where we're really recognizing that uh, as food systems are increasingly stressed, as as the world faces these overlapping crises, poly crises, as we say, trying to emerge from climate change. Then war is impacting,、uh, you know, value chains, food, fertilizers. Prices are going up.、Um, the impact first is felt the most by those who are most vulnerable. Obviously,、uh, poor populations,、uh, rural populations,、uh, oftentimes women,、uh, children,、uh, different、uh, landless laborers, smallholder,、uh, agricultural households. This sort of a thing. So it's critically important that we ensure that we have the data and we have the systems to reach、uh, those people. Were、um, suffering undernourishment and lacking access because at the moment、uh, food availability still is not the issue. Worldwide, there's enough food for everybody. It's a question of accessibility. Now, of course, we are concerned in the face of these、uh, overlapping crises, especially climate change and the impact that these, you know, heat waves and and flood events and such are having on agriculture here in India and every country in the world.、Uh, we are concerned. Looking ahead, availability might become a problem in the next year, two years, five years ahead. So we have to prepare for that.、Uh, but really,、um, you know, if we scan, if we look across the world,、uh, something like 828 million people are currently hungry.、Um, over 100 million of those have been added just in in、uh, during the, the COVID pandemic,、uh, and this number has just continued to increase. You know, if children don't have proper nutrition, they're not going to be able to learn. Maybe they won't even be able to make it to to school. If women don't have proper nutrition, they're not going to be able to、uh, to to well, first of all, to have children who are born、um, with, with proper health status, and not、uh, be able to help ensure that households are achieving what they need in terms of food security, and and across the board. So, food security, you know, is critical、uh, for for individuals, for households, for communities,、uh, for society at, at large. For all of the SDGs, coming to you, Bishop Arajuli, how critical is the theme of leave no one behind? You know, food is about basic rights, and and food is uh, uh, is, is is fundamental. So, leaving 
people behind uh, to access food uh, means the country is behind, uh, the people are behind, the communities are behind, uh, and, and, and the country will not progress until you have, uh, you have everybody together into it. Uh, uh, the children need to be fed, the women need to be fed, uh, the adults need to be fed, the community, everybody needs uh, uh, food for their survival, growth, and, and food is also peace. Uh, uh, food is really fundamental uh, for everybody, and, and working towards uh, uh, ensuring no one leaving behind uh, is is a, is a wonderful steps and and statement. The International Fund for Agricultural Development invests in rural people, empowering them to increase their food security, improve the nutrition of their families, and increase their incomes. Doctor Ulag Demirag, if I may ask you, how does IFAD look at food security in the world? Uh, that's about eight hundred um, uh, million small scale producers. And um, they are feeding about 3 billion people. So 3 billion people are eating the food that is produced by small-scale producers. And if you look at India alone, um, it is about 75 75, uh, million households are small-scale producers that are themselves very often the most vulnerable to food insecurity. So, um, so... It is, it is a very big paradox, in fact. And um, so for IFAD, we are working, of course, uh, with these um, uh, marginal producers that are very vulnerable. And, uh, you know, poverty and vulnerability are a pair that goes as much as pros- um, uh, prosperity and, uh, and resilience, yeah. right? So we are working really to, to move them from um, survive to thrive mm-hmm. and to make these um, uh, uh, farmers more resilient and um, more food secure. Dr. Ulak, tell us the role of agriculture in ensuring food security. How can agriculture be the game changer? Well, agriculture uh, must become a game changer or must become part of the game changer uh, for India. And I think, uh, as you say, I think India has done very uh, big steps uh, on agriculture. We are a food surplus uh, uh, producer. But at the same time, with all these poor people still being so vulnerable, to, uh, to going hungry themselves, uh, something must change. And I, I believe that there's uh, very much scope to uh, improving um, um, investment. Uh, so, you know, we are, as a public sector, we need to invest in the public goods that create a level playing field so that private investment can come in. Because only with private investment we can really bring agriculture to the scale that it needs. And we will also only then be able to, to really um, see the adoption of innovations that really drive productivity um, once these uh, smallholder farmers are also getting into the market. Because for now, they are very much excluded. Mr. Sharp, as you rightly said, food security is critical for individuals, households, communities and society at large. For all of the SDGs, how do we ensure food security for all? Um, again, it's now really about uh, increasing productivity, where we can in India, for example, a lot of the work that UN system is engaged in is about helping especially smallholders improve uh, productivity. At the moment, productivity on average is relatively low. Um, secondly, it's about ensuring access to, to markets, access to foods uh, for those people who may face different uh, barriers. Right, exactly. About improving the, the efficiency of, of distribution systems, of logistics, and about changing our behaviors at a a fundamental level. 
uh, about um, eating local uh, production, about uh, focusing more on consuming seasonal uh, production, about understanding those crops which are what we often call uh, superfoods, which are more climate resilient, using less water, and actually more nutritious. So uh, here, for example, I'm very pleased that uh, we are very pleased that India, uh, it was really India's initiative uh, to um, propose millets as uh, next year's uh, superfood. So next year will be the year of the millets. It's really important that we transition a lot of the production away from monocropping and, and away from uh, certain uh, food food products that are low value in nutrition, um, high consumption in terms of water, and, and, and not very resilient uh, to climate uh, as well. So changing the nature of the markets, changing the nature of, the, of, of what we eat and understanding value uh, in, in agribusiness and agrosystems in, in a different way. Uh, it's not just about governments. It's not just about businesses and industries. It's also about individuals as consumers uh, and the way that we can drive markets um, changing our, our uh, consumption so that it's sustainable, so that we can all thrive in the future. India is one of the largest producers of food grains, fruits and vegetables with overflowing granaries. Despite that, a large chunk of the undernourished people live in India. Bisho, how do you explain this dichotomy and how can India achieve the goals of nutrition? You know, I would categorically say availability of food doesn't guarantee uh, access to food. It's wonderful that India has excess food. Frankly speaking, if you remember 40, 50 years ago, India used to be dependent on food. Had, yeah, 40, 50 million tons, 60 million tons. Now India has 310 million tons. So bless the farmers, bless the right policies and program. So what we need to do is continuously making sure everyone is fed. So no one is left behind. And the government program of you know, Food Security Act, the Public Distribution Program, Midday Meal, Integrated Child Development Program are the blessing to start that. And also what is important to note in the context of India and many other countries is uh, not everybody producing food, see? So there are uh, landless farmers, uh, others, uh, and, 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 and uh, so they need to buy it. So availability is important. And we have seen it during this whole time of uh, you know, Ukraine war, uh, the supply has been a major challenge globally. The price have doubled. Thanks God India had surplus and it helped many countries. So we need to work in ensuring everyone gets nutritive food going forward. And, 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 and also, uh, you know, farmers, uh, have their market and, and good value for them, uh, produce, etc. Mr. Chava, given that this is about seven years into the 2030 agenda to achieve the sustainable development goals, how far are we from achieving it? And does it really look like a reality? Uh, let me talk about the SDG goals, particularly related to food and agriculture. Uh, the FAO report uh, tracking progress on food and agriculture related to SD SDG indicators, uh, which was released in 2021, um, states that uh, basically that we are not on track uh, even before the COVID-19. And, uh, and with the onset of the COVID-19, things have become much more worse uh, because COVID-19 has had impacts, uh, particularly in terms of uh, access to food, employment opportunities. So um, it, is, it is going to be a big challenge. Um, and I think we, that is the reason why it is very important that countries uh, redouble their efforts 
and also all stakeholders uh, um, across uh, the sectors need to come together uh, to address issues related to food and agriculture. Mr. Ulak, when we talk about zero hunger as a sustainable development goal, how can we achieve it and how far are we from that? We have to invest in uh, the public goods that create um, uh, a situation in which much more investment is coming into into uh, the agricultural sector. But at the same time, we have to not only look at the amount of investment, but also at the quality of investment. What? How do we invest? Because uh, there are only certain investments that really trigger the change that we want to see, the transformative change for better lives, better resilience, and, um, and better nutrition. And, of course, uh, we all want to live in a world that is more sustainable and um, in which we are um, recognizing the... the um, uh, natural um, resources and uh, like water, like air, and uh, you know we want to have a healthy environment. So all this has to come through the right investments. We've all seen tough times due to the coronavirus pandemic, Mr. Chava. What do you think should be the priority, and how can we address it at the point of redoubling effect? In India, uh, COVID-19, um, while every other sector had had a took a hit. It is agriculture which actually continued and continued to support. And I think this is something that not just the country, but other countries in the world need to learn from, like how investing in agriculture and particularly investing in, uh, um, in, investing in, uh, in terms of uh, um, public stocks. These are very critical. So that means that in, when we deal, when we have to cope with uh, pandemics, uh, we have the buffer stocks that are, that are available for a country to be able to to provide support to the communities. And uh, this is one of the things that we need to really uh, do. Apart from that, I think we need to be also focusing on uh, how do we, um, as we go forward in terms of how do we can increase employment opportunities. Uh, that means that we need to work with rural communities, uh, engage with them, identify uh, how we can work across the value chain as we are um, uh, trying to uh, expand employment opportunities. So it is about not just about production, but also looking at how we can go beyond production and to the entire value chain process so that communities are engaged adequately and there are employment opportunities for everyone. Moving towards COP27, one of the focus areas was agriculture as well as food security. The number and intensity of the extreme weather events has increased and they definitely affect access to nutrition. How can we address food security, nutrition, as well as climate change altogether? Bishal, over to you. It is absolutely possible. And we have to look for adaptation. We have to look for uh, resilience building. Uh, we have to support those people who really need help. And government must have safety net program. And interventions like, uh, you know, public distribution or midday meal for children or nutrition package for, uh, for women and children. So I would say initiatives like what India has in terms of safety net program are, are, are good example. Of course, there can be also effort of cash, direct cash support, uh, depending on, you know, context and, and, and situation. But the, the fundamental is adopting to the climate change and, and looking after the vulnerable policies and program and laws like what India has, uh, Food Security Act. Mr. Chava, what do you have to say about this? According to you, how can we ensure that we address food security, nutrition and climate change together? One of the uh, things is about agriculture is that agriculture is impacts climate, 
and is also severely impacted by climate in the sense that uh, we do know that, uh, uh, that uh, agriculture and allied sectors contribute to GHG emissions. Um, and at the same time, because of climate variability and increasing warming temperatures means that because of uh, floods and at the same time droughts, these impact uh, productivity. These are one of the major challenges. challenges. Apart from that, increasing temperatures mean that productivity goes down. Uh, particularly both in plants and animals. So this is one of the major challenges. But also the solution lies in agriculture in the sense that how we need to transform agriculture. It is very important that we work with communities in terms of how we can transform the way they go about agriculture. By that I mean that we need to be looking at how we choose crops. Uh, our policies have been focused on on addressing issues related to food security. We have achieved food security. It is time for us to know, look at how we can address issues related to nutrition security. And I think uh, in some ways, um, uh, nutrition security, uh, the challenge of nutrition security uh, provides us an opportunity in the sense that we now need to think about how we make our crop choices. So we could encourage farmers to kind of grow crops uh, which are more climate resilient, uh, less water demanding, and so that's the reason why we could be encouraging farmers to move moving towards production of millets. And the government is uh, moving in the right direction in that one. India has various programs addressing nutrition, such as the Anemia Mukt Bharat program, Poshan Abhiyan, among others. But it still remains a huge challenge. How can we double up our efforts and ensure that no child is dying because of hunger? We have, we have, we have had tremendous success in terms of achieving food security um, from where we were in the 1960s. Despite the increasing population, we have been able to continuously increase our production levels and continuously over the last five to six decades and address issues related to food security. It is time for us to now try to address the issues of nutrition security. And I think we are also very well poised on that uh, in the sense that we know that for, 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 for ensuring sustainability of, of agriculture, we need to ensure better use of natural resources. And in a way, that means that we need to kind of diversify our uh, basket uh, and also diversify the, the, the food that we eat. Uh, and that provides an opportunity in the sense that we need to be looking at not just rice and wheat systems, but need to be looking at other, um, other uh, cereals. And that way, therein comes the millets. Apart from that, I think uh, uh, also what we have to do is, and the government is already starting to look at, is that how we can ensure... When we, when we encourage communities to produce millets, how we can ensure that uh, millets are also procured into the PDS system so that communities can grow locally and eat locally. Yeah, uh, that would be one thing that we could really do. And also in some ways that if you can grow locally and eat locally, that would also reduce the carbon footprint and impacts on climate. Talking about eating locally 2023 will be marked as the International Year of Millets. Bishaw, if I may ask you, how can we bring back this superfood back on our plates? I think we need to bring awareness of this superfood. This is the number one uh, issue. You know, uh, traditionally we used to eat this. And I remember as a child uh, really eating it. It has disappeared in production uh, as well as in supplies. Uh, but when you look at the situation in India, in some of these states like Odisha, Rajasthan, Haryana, Madhya Pradesh, they produce a lot of millets. But they have a concern of markets availability. Now, why not to have these superfoods included in the public distribution program for a midday meal program, uh, a package for integrated child development program? And in fact, the World Food Program, us, we did a, uh, you know, review of the work being done in Odisha. Great example. In fact, they have introduced this, the chief minister has introduced this 
uh, millet into the in the public distribution program. To reach many. Exactly. Uh, so also, you know, conscious people and references. Uh, I think if they help to promote this and bring awareness, uh, you know, there is a big influence by celebrities in India, uh, Bollywood actors and actresses, anchor person like you, for example. I think, I think, I think we need those increasing efforts. So, uh, and and at the same time, we have to make sure the farmers get the good price for this produce, and there is a supply, and then there is awareness. Wonder can happen. I'm sure the farmers would love to, you know. I mean, they would. For them, it's a produce, it's a crop, but it's awareness is the key, so that each one of us know, you know, how good it is. Not only for, like I said earlier, not only for us, but also the environment will be more readily available. But you know, the issue is about millets. It needs less water. Yes. Uh, it grows up in a arid zones, uh, so where rice or corn, etc., will not come in. So therefore, it is a good alternative and and good substitute uh, to to help farmers to continue to have income invest in public health create awareness and grow and eat local food are some of the key takeaways from this discussion thank you all so much for joining us today that's it on the banega swasindya podcast this week if you have comments queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future to write to us on bsi podcast at the rate ndtv.com remember bsi stands for banega swast india you can also connect with us on banega swast india handles on facebook twitter and instagram and continue the conversation through the week till next week this is ambika singh kama signing off stay healthy and stay safe